0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, January 25th. Utah is one step closer to getting a new state flag. After receiving over 7,000 suggestions for new designs, the Utah State Flag Task Force has narrowed it down to one finalist. The proposed design is a combination of work by Matt Brooks of Bountiful and Serena Ergot of South Jordan. State lawmakers will vote on whether or not to adopt the flag during this legislative session. KZMU's Emily Arnson reports.
1: The new state flag proposal puts a Utah spin on the traditional red, white, and blue color palette. Red for the state's rocky landscapes, white for the snowy mountains, and navy blue for the dark night skies. A golden beehive in the center represents Utah's worker bee identity and the state's LDS history, and an eight-point star below the beehive symbolizes Utah's eight tribal nations. Ted K. is a vexillologist. That's just a big word for someone who studies flags, and he thinks the new design is successful because it's simple.
2: This flag, if you look at it from 100 or 300 feet, you can still make out the key design elements of the jagged separation between the white and blue stripes, which create the five points of the mountain peaks. And certainly from 100 feet, you'll be able to see the beehive as well. Currently, you can't make out any of those details on the current Utah State flag.
1: Right now, the state flag is the state seal in the center of a blue rectangle. The seal features a bald eagle hovering over the word industry and a beehive surrounded by sago lilies. But it's pretty impossible to make out any of the flag's details from a distance.
2: The fact that it's a well-designed flag separates it from most U.S. state flags. 30 or so U.S. state flags place a seal on a solid background, Utah included, And at a distance, they are indistinguishable from each other. The fundamental purpose of a flag is to distinguish your place or your tribe from another's. And if the flags all look the same, that purpose has failed.
1: Critics of the new flag say it's not simple enough. And some have even pointed out that the beehive appears to be pooping out a star. Others say the new flag is a rejection of the state's history and that the seal should continue to symbolize the state. But Kay disagrees.
2: The seal belongs to the government, but the flag belongs to the people.
1: Regardless, Kay says anything is an improvement from what we have now, and he actually thinks this new flag would be really popular.
2: I predict that within five years, Utahns will be so proud of this flag that you'll start seeing it in tattoos, you'll see it on t-shirts and mugs, you'll see it everywhere.
1: For KZMU, I'm Emily Ernson.
0: A bill that would give Utah teachers a pay raise and create a voucher program needs final approval in the Senate before going to the governor's desk. The bill would create a $42 million fund from taxpayer money to send students to private school or be homeschooled. It would also set up an ongoing $6,000 salary and benefits increase for teachers. That's contingent on supporting the vouchers. As KUER's Martha Harris reports, the legislation is not without opposition. Many of the state's public education groups are opposed to the bill. Larry Bergeson is superintendent of the Washington County School District. During a rally Monday night, he said he not only objects to its content, but how quickly the bill is moving.
2: Normally, I would begin thanking our elected officials for how they have supported public education in the past. However, today... I am shocked at the deception and tactics taking place as they attempt to force through HB 215.
0: He said connecting teacher pay to school vouchers was demeaning and inappropriate. But supporters view the bill's quick progress as encouraging. Heidi Baldery is with the Utah Chapter of Americans for Prosperity, a conservative advocacy group. This is, this is a great step of putting trust back into the people who should be prim- primarily responsible for the education of their children, which is the parents or guardians. And I do believe parents know best. Martha Harris, KUER News. That report is from our partners at KUER. The Navajo Nation president has lifted the long-running mask mandate. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis has more.
2: The Navajo Nation's mask mandate has been in effect for 1,007 days, one of the longest anywhere in the U.S. On January 20, President Boone Nigrin lifted the mandate. Rates of COVID-19 infections are declining, and the CDC says Navajo Nation counties are at low risk. President Nigrin has been in office a week. He told Native Badasque, an interview podcast, that he wants to give people an opportunity to get back to work.
1: We need to completely open 100 percent because all surrounding communities around the Navajo Nation are 100 percent open. And it's very difficult for normal Navajo people to go visit their local governments to get the services that they need. We're not saying no masks. It's going to be all optional.
2: In a series of tweets, former Navajo Nation president Jonathan Nez criticized the decision. He said the new administration, quote, needs to be held accountable if we see a surge in infections and deaths, unquote. The Southern Ute Tribe lifted its mask mandate in March 2022, and the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe did so in December 2022. I'm Clark Adamitis.
0: Wyatt Welch, an author from Cortez in southwestern Colorado, has published a new book of poetry titled Capitalism Calls Poetry Lazy. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KSJD's Chris Clements reports.
3: The book, published by Flower Song Press, is a meditation on the nature of laziness in our culture, Welch said. And I was really thinking about
4: the idea of laziness. And some people are talking about know, the idea of, you know, myth of laziness and how it informs how we treat other people. You know, that if you're, if you're tired, you're somehow a failure or you're morally corrupt this idea and how it informs um
3: all sorts of our political history in the u.s capitalism calls poetry lazy also digs into welch's life as a member of the lgbtq plus community living in highly conservative montezuma county as well as details about his childhood so is
4: that the montezuma county fairgrounds (laughs) and you know being you know a gay person or someone who also feels um I have wide breadth of, in my gender, Um, I, you go to certain places and you don't necessarily feel safe. And so I really loved this wonderful camo hat. I could just put the camo hat on and everyone thinks I'm straight. They assume it's a, it's an emblem of, you know, heterosexuality camo. So I wrote a poem about that and about the camouflage of that and what that felt like being in the community.
3: When he was young, Welch said his father, a Vietnam veteran who suffered from the effects of the herbicide Agent Orange, kidnapped him and took him across the country.
4: And I grew up with him in a van on the road. We traveled up I-10, oh sorry, across I-10 and the up and down interstates 95 and 75 uh, throughout the 80s. Um, I remember just being with him in the car all the time. He's a bit of a compulsive talker, so I'd have to dissociate in the car just to put up with his talking. But um, I'd be in the van and trying to—I remember teaching myself how to count money or how to tell time,
3: because um, I just wasn't in school. And I was a kid who was really interested in learning. Welch said his time traveling with his father manages to seep into his poetry, even during moments when it's unexpected.
4: You know, we're all from so many different places, Uh, you know, bits and mosaics. So it it pops in. You know, I don't really write about one subject matter. If I'm writing a poem, a lot of different angles will come in. So I could be writing about eating a peach, and then I'm thinking about my kidnapping, or then I'm thinking about a co-worker.
3: The book recently arrived on shelves at Maria's Bookshop in Durango, as well as bookstores in Albuquerque, San Francisco, and Tucson. I'm Chris Clements.
0: And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, January 25th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.